But I was going into Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Power converter. Going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converter. Toshi Station, Toshi Station, Toshi Station. Power converter. Hello and welcome to Toshi Station Radio, where we sell power converters and talk about X-wing. We are all out of power converters, and we've actually got more X-Wing stuff to talk about this week, so let's get to it. I'm Matt Newt. I'm Doug Howe. I'm Alex Smithle. I'm Greg Smith. And we've got stuff and things to talk about. But first, uh, what are we all up to lately besides freezing nearly to death? Mostly that, to be honest. Yeah, staying inside and playing video games. Yeah. Yeah, smart thing to do for those of us who get to at least work from home inside. For those of us who have to work in an almost outdoor environment, Greg, how are you surviving? It's been terrible. <laughs> I actually found, and you'll like this one, a field jacket liner that I got when I first got into the Army. Oh my god, those are the most comfortable things ever. It is the softest thing, and somebody tried to tell me, like they were like, oh, well, that's not authorized. And I was like, tell me I can't wear this. Just tell me. <laughs> Because, oh, yeah, it was a game changer. Do they even issue the field jacket anymore? Oh, no, no. They haven't issued the field jacket since 2010. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've still got a field jacket liner hanging around here somewhere. Uh, for those non-vets around there, Greg and I, uh, Greg's still in the Army. I'm an Army vet as well. The field jacket liner is this quilted nylon insulated kind of under liner. It's like a... Kind of like a really weird nylon cardigan, but it is super comfortable, super warm. And the poncho liner is made out of the same material. And everybody, the poncho, everybody's poncho liner is their favorite piece of equipment in the world. You know, it, it is it is the most comfortable blanket slash poncho slash warm thing. Uh, ask any army vet; it's their be It's the best thing in the world. I still sleep with mine. So. Yeah, I had to. It was cold, and my wife's battery died in the car, so I came down to the basement, and I went through some duffel bags, and I found it, and I was so happy. <laughs> so happy. I was like, okay, I got this. So that plus a hoodie plus a Carhartt, and I, I, was, I, was, I was doing good. Oh, that'll, that'll at least keep you warm, if not the most comfortable. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, to everybody else out there in the uh, eastern half of the U.S. that is dealing with this insane Arctic front, uh, we hope it's mostly cleared up by the time this goes live, but if not, uh, you know, stay safe, keep your power on, and uh, we're, we're right there with you guys. It's as cold here as it is anywhere else. For sure. Uh, we did have X-Wing news uh, this week, though. In uh, break from FFG tradition, we actually got Monday news coming in. Uh, have they ever released uh, big news on Mondays before? Well, no, but this is AMG, not FFG. Well, they, it, was post, it was posted on the FFG site. Well, yeah, That's they said they AMG were going to do that for a while until the AMG yeah. site is up, but it's, yeah. it is an, F, an AMG article. That's, That's great, because you know Monday news is great for us, at least. Uh, they previewed officially the squadron packs that were announced, and we touched on last week, uh, announcing some of the pilots and some of the cards that have come out for them. In addition... Today, as we're recording this, the German Asmodee site actually posted a full, complete, if not totally accurate, card spreads for the uh, Sky Strike Squadron and uh, Sky Strike Academy and Phoenix Cell packs. Uh, people are going to be doing a lot of speculation on those, but we're going to hold off uh, comment until we actually get an article with some uh, more details there. Yeah, and there's a caveat because if you look at the 
the Rebel one, it looks like they just copy-pasted over the Heralds of Hope and mm-hmm. forgot to change the entire right side of the upgrades. Yeah, people uh, were kind of black, yeah, black one and one. overdrive <laughs> thrusters and uh, automated targeting priorities. So a no, bunch no. of goofy stuff. That, that's <laughs> not even legal. Uh, <laughs> and even the, the Empire one has a bunch of like force talents that Vader literally can't use. So uh, it's possible that, like, I'm guessing that the pilots and stuff that are in there are correct because they've obviously been updated. But uh, not all of the information in there is necessarily correct. So take everything with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Being said, know, there's a, a Defender Vader, so that's that's going to be a thing. That's, that's <laughs> gonna be, it's going to be all anybody's going to be discussing for a while. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, what we did get previewed out of there, stuff out of the uh, Phoenix Cell, uh, Sky Strike Academy, and... Fugitives and Collaborators is the scum one? Yes, Fugitives and Collaborators. Uh, okay. I, I was reading it in German today and couldn't remember the English for it. <laughs> uh, they are going to be three ship packs, just like the uh, Republican Separatist release packs. It's going to be, and the Heralds of Hope, 50 bucks for three ships. That's uh, a good deal, plus all the extra cards. So I think that's uh, pretty good there. So let's kind of get into it. Let's talk about what we like from each of these packs, what we think is interesting, and starting out with the Phoenix Cell Rebels. What's jumped out at us immediately from what we saw in the article first? Useful A-Wing pilots. Yes. <laughs> it's about time. Buy anything other than Jake for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, so very uh, true. So uh, jumping a little bit to the, the configuration that comes with them, I, I saw an interesting conversation about him. Uh, because, like, are Rebel A-Wings actually bad, or are they just an ace chassis that never had an ace ship, like an ace pilot? Uh, mm. Like, this this new configuration actually might be completely unnecessary for them. I mean, we'll see. It's obviously never bad to add a back arc, mm-hmm. which to go over, if uh, for those that don't know, there's a vectored cannons configuration. It's standardized, so if you take it on one A-Wing, you have to take it on all of them. Uh, you gain a mobile arc indicator. Treat the arc requirement of your primary attack as a mobile turret. Uh, it replaces your vectored thruster ship ability with the following vectored cannons. During the system phase, you may perform a red boost or red rotate action. You can rotate your arc indicator only to your front or back. Uh, so it essentially turns an RZ-1 into a worse RZ-2. Mm-hmm. Something I noticed out of this, it doesn't give you the rotate action. Correct. Yeah, you can only do it Which during... Which the RZ, RZ-2s don't have the rotate action either. Yeah, correct. They can, only, they can only rotate on the link. But this is like an RZ-1.5. Right. It's it's one of those things that if you are stressed at the end of a turn, you cannot rotate your arc the next turn. You've got a clear stress, wait a turn, rotate on the turn after that. It's it's awkward, but... Which, to be fair, you're not going to be stressed all that often unless you did a red maneuver, which means you, you didn't have. do vector cannons the turn before, because you don't have vector thrusters anymore, so you're not, not linking any actions. Right, yeah, okay. So, other than the... Uh, yeah, that's right, there aren't any red basic maneuvers on an A-Wing dial. God, it's been so long since I've actually flown an A-Wing. Uh, yeah, and then with no native repositions either, that that really hurts their way to stress themselves. Hurts is not the right word, but it limits the way for them to stress themselves to prevent the vectored cannons. Yeah, so uh, we'll get into this a lot more with the interceptors, but uh, I, I think the vectored cannons are actually worse on the high-initiative ships. Obviously, the secondary arc could negate that, uh, but as far as like the actual losing vectored thrusters versus gaining this goes... Uh, you lose a lot of flexibility in losing vector thrusters. A, you can't double reposition. Uh, you can't like focus into boost things like that. Uh, things that the high initiative ships, which they now have multiple of, uh, can really take advantage of. 
True. Yeah, true. So you said that it, you don't think it'll be good as a, on high initiative. It I'm won't actually be. kind of yeah. No, no, I good. no, I know what yeah. you're saying. I I think it would actually be kind of neat if it is better quotation marks on low initiative ships because the generic A wing has almost been completely useless. Yeah, and like there's um, actually some interesting stuff where like let's say you have a Phoenix Squadron with this new vectored cannon, you could rotate your arc to the back and then like five straight boosts to block, and if they overshoot you, you still get to shoot. Yeah, like that. You could bring like starboard slash. Starboard slash is what I was going to say. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal too. Yeah, um, and and preposition like a system phase boost is it's not necessarily better on a on a loadership ship, but like it's more like a preactivation boost because you're moving first anyway. Yeah, um, and so it it really just opens up your options to block because you can pre boost and then do like a one hard and get in the spot you couldn't get before. Like yeah, that. you could theoretically just take a low initiative RZ one with this vectored cannons as a blocker now, and it'd actually be a viable option. And one thing a lot of people overlook is you don't have to pre-position boost, too. You can still wait and boost after you move if that's a better option. Mm -hmm. For things like uh, Starboard Slash, it could be useful to set that up well. On an initiative one ship, effectively, you have uh, almost like advanced sensors that can only be used for a boost or a rotate because system phases right before you act anyway. So that should uh, be an interesting way of going about it. Uh, you'll be able to take a an action, clear it because you're in an A-wing, almost all your maneuvers are blue, and then take whatever mod, focus, target lock, barrel roll if you need to, you need. Uh, I think where you'll see this useful is, again, that initiative one with starboard slash. I'll boost to aim at something, I'll five straight through it, and... or you know, rotating five straight, and if I want to shoot, that's got uh, some options there. For sure. More uh, options the, is almost never a bad thing, too. Even if the option is technically worse, the flexibility is still useful. Yeah, one thing I really like about all these packs is they added a lot of, not necessarily just like strictly better upgrades, they just added a lot of things that can change up your list building to give you different options than you had before, which I think is a, a really good way to go. Yep. Uh, uh one other big thing, obviously, from this pack is we got an I-6A wing in Hera. Um, she has the same ability as B-wing Hera, correct? Yes. Uh, when another friendly ship at range 1 to 2 attacks or uh, defends, you can transfer one of your focus, evade, or lock tokens to that ship. It's more useful on a B-wing, or on an A-wing than a B-wing. So. Oh, yeah, sure. But even so, she's a... Even by herself, she's an I-6A wing with a blank pilot ability, and that's fine. Which is mm -hmm. much better than an I-6B wing with a blank pilot ability, for the record. Like the, the, all the problems I had with I-6 Hera last time we recorded are gone with A-wing Hera, because like it's a ship that can double reposition and has an amazing dial. And I mean, yeah, it's not a hard-hitting ship, but it's an actual closer that the Rebels don't really have right now. So and Jake really is good their form. current best closer, and he's only I-4. And Harrow at least costs a little bit more, so she'll be worth more than a lot of ships she's closing against, too, compared to Jake. Yeah. Very true. Uh, something I liked was the uh, B-Wing title that's come out. Uh, everybody, as soon as they saw that red B-Wing, was like, are we going to get the big old super boomy attack from Rebels? Yes, we are. The previewed the version... Game, if you will. Yeah. The previewed version we saw was, is the Epic version of the card. Thank God uh, for that, because Jesus Christ, is it strong. Yeah. Well, for <laughs> it starters, screams it, epic, though. Screams epic. Well, it, it does, has to yeah. be, because it has the range 2 to 4 on it. 
Three well, even it's just its attack ability is just yeah. insane, yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Right. So it's a rebel B wing only. It is a title, not a config. It's unique. The B six blade wing prototype adds a gunner slot, and then has the attack requires a target lock. Gain one ion token to perform this attack. If this attack hits, the defender suffers one additional hit or crit damage for each matching uncancelled result after the first. Effectively, all damage that's not blocked is doubled. Well, the first damage is not doubled. One additional damage for each matching after the first. You're okay, right. So So two hits becomes three damage. Three hits becomes five damage. Gotcha. And this is... uh, Okay, that is a little minorly less good than it's I thought. It's one less damage than we all expected. So, but, yeah. Essentially okay. what this reads is, if you're a one or zero agility ship, then you get to die real quick. Yeah. Yeah. From and, out of range. <laughs> yeah, and here's the other thing. It is. It does not have the missile icon, so you do get the range bonus at range three and four against it. So that's not going to help always, you a lot. I was always like, is that B-Wing really one-shot in our Quietins and Rebels? But with this, it, it does, clearly. <laughs> so it shot a capital ship. Yeah, yeah it shot an Archaidon's cruiser. And yeah, and so it. that's what this is. It's like, okay, that you can sense. have your defense dice, but I'm still going to take your shields off from over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And um, I'm pretty sure epic ships can never get defense dice. So this will be really good into the epic ships. That seems to be what it's designed for, exactly. The idea that you're shooting at something that's not going to dodge you, it ionizes you, which means you're probably still going to have arc on that ship the next turn anyway. Uh, gives you a gunner slot, which is kind of weird for the B-Wing. I mean, there's probably epic gunners that we don't know off the top of our yeah, head. Epic gunners that we don't know off the top of our head. And so, we did see in the spread that there is a Sabine gunner. Uh, so tinfoil hat time, it says Rebel, and then it has the nomenclature for the B-Wing. So could that open up another faction B-Wing? So I believe there is a resistance B-Wing. Is there? Like the there lore, is a yeah. cannon for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's probably future proofing more than anything. But probably. Uh, we yeah. see the same thing with uh, the res- resistance comma X-Wing uh, for the is it uh, backwards tail slider or overdrive thruster? Overdrive thruster that does. Oh that. right. For the potential T eighty. Slash T80 T80 or whatever. So the idea that this is specifically the Rebels uh, B-Wing title. uh, And again, I like it. It's future-proofing. It's also epic only. So if it's busted as hell, that's great, actually. (laughs) Make epic more fun, please. Yeah. I've never played Epic in 2.0, but it seems like the idea of just making it super busted is fun. It's ridiculous. That's all it is, is busted. So, like... I think Mike that's a always, great place for it. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. Busted is great for Epic because it, uh, you don't go into an Epic game looking to like really be competitive. You go to build your your uh, your Epic ship to just be insane, or you're taking a bunch of ships. Like when I play Mike, he just builds a raider to like 300 points or something, <laughs> and he just wants it to sink as much damage into everything around it. And so that's what he likes to do. And I like to take all the little ships. And so yeah, you don't go into an Epic game being really competitive, you go just like, just wanting to just stomp things. And this is one of those. Going full Timmy. Yeah. And, um, as the preview said, there's a standard version coming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, presumably only out to range three. And also probably not doubling 
the damage. Yeah, my guess is that it'll only add an additional damage if it hits, would be my guess. It's the same text, but it, it's just one additional damage instead of an additional damage after each. Whatever. Yep. Which and is still really strong, like, in yeah. theory. So what would be the difference in this rather than, like, a plasma torpedo? Uh, I mean, plasma torpedoes require shields. Yeah, they only difference. do the extra damage against shields. True. True. Um, they're not... They don't fire... They have a limited number of times you could fire. Yeah, so then no charges is a big deal as well. Oh, very good point. Like, you could put this on something like Braylon, who picks up a target lock and then never needs to spend it because of his ability. Indeed. And can just eat beam all he wants. Oh. And presumably, the standard version will also add a gunner slot. Yeah, and in yeah, standard absolutely. play, the, the requirement to ionize yourself to perform this attack is, again, on a B-Wing, which is not an incredibly defensive ship, ionizing yourself is not a survivable option. It's survivable. It's a, it's a definite bigger drawback in standard. Yeah. You're, you're now, interesting thought a about... A lot more exploitive. Yeah. Is this ability good on... Because it is unique. You can only put it on one ship. Would this be good on I-6 Hera just to make sure you get this shot off at least once? Uh, I mean, it's not... Better on her than somebody like Braylon. Like, and it, de and it depends on what the standard one is. Yeah, and the costs um, and all that as well. But like, there aren't many lists in the game that can initiative kill Braylon Strom. So, like, the difference between putting it on him oh, and Hera isn't. I will really tell you that I have helpful. played against all of them because I have had Braylon initiative. I, I didn't say none. Them. I said not many. Oh, <laughs> uh, B wings! I love them so, and they will always betray me. And yet, I keep going back to them. Like Braylon was the best ship in Rebels for a full year, Matthew. I'm not going to argue that point. It was, <laughs> it was, it was a wonderful time. <laughs> was it that, that I keep trying? It was a wonderful time for That's me. Okay? Never go back to the Rebel Beef meta, please. Yeah. Uh, that was hell. You guys just hate anything that makes. I agree. Like, I played it. <laughs> I, I exploited it. I still think it was awful. Yeah. So that—that's to tell you, people. Rebel Beef was so good it made Alex play an R faction. I mean, if I spent the last half of 4.0 playing me, Rebels. Memes aside, Smittle plays a lot of our factions. <laughs> I play. I mean, I play most of the factions. So. Yeah. Well, moving along from the R faction, uh, let's take a look at the Empire Sky Strike Academy, which we saw some interesting things previewed. Uh, what's jumped out at us from this? You mean Probably other than the, the Vader Defender? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely that one. Uh, for me, it's been the configurations that come with them. Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool that they can take these two existing ships, um, chassis, and use these configurations and almost completely change Agreed. how you will have to fly them. And I, want, like, I want this for more ships. Yeah, mm -hmm. same. Absolutely, me too. And I think that FFG and hopefully AMG in the future um, is going to keep going with these because they have nailed it. I haven't really seen a configuration that I didn't like. like and, and I don't play them all. Like I don't play Imperials. But I think this is so cool. And yeah, people have been like losing their minds. Like they're like, this isn't my defender. But it, it doesn't matter. Don't take it then. Yeah. yeah. You know, and but these are so cool. They they just they killed it. I think these are great. Agreed. And like these are making up for the um casualties of the ships that were in the conversion kits and didn't get redesigned. Yeah, like um, I would be really excited to see something like a jump master configuration that could make it more than just the 
awful crap shit that it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that being said, uh, I have said this many times already among locals, but my bold proclamation for the defender configuration is that if it's not negative points, it is a bad configuration from a competitive standpoint. Like I think okay. it's really neat from a ship design standpoint, but uh, losing fine tune controls is or full throttle, not fine tune controls. Losing full throttle is like the biggest nerf to a ship ever. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll make it mandatory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had to just check something because uh, with no upgrade slots printed on the cards, I had to remind myself: is you know, and I checked in the uh, the PDFs or the points. We actually do have configuration symbols on ships that can take configurations. Because I had to remember in first edition when with modifications. No ship ever had a mod slot. Every, yeah, because every ship had exactly. Every ship had exactly. There, there was the rule that said you could take exactly one mod. I had to look, and the rules reference guide does not say a ship can take only one configuration. So I had to look and make sure. Okay, ships with configurations only have one configuration slot. So, say they come out with another configuration for like the T sixty five. I mean, that already exists for the gunboat. The gunboat has a cannon right, exactly. and a torpedo. Yeah, that, that was just exactly my point. You know, when you have something that has two configurations, can you take both? And obviously not. So that was my first thought on this. But I like the idea of exactly what you're saying. The sh- the ships that didn't get a lot of changes or love in the configuration kits or configuration conversion kits can now have configurations put out like this that can just make them fun. This makes uh, for example the Tide Defender Elite title uh, title configuration. Sorry. Uh, it's also Imperial TIE Defender standardized. It decreases the difficulty of the hard turn maneuvers, meaning that it turns the one and two hards white and the three hard blue. Increases the difficulty of the Koyagren turn maneuvers. So your 4K becomes red and your 2K remains red. Super red. <laughs> yeah. uh, we did have to check. It does not upgrade to purple. The rules say that, you, can, you can't change yeah. anything to or from a purple maneuver. Indeed. That was the purple first maneuver. thing that went. Purple out. maneuvers are their own thing. They are always purple. They will never not be purple. Nothing else can become purple. Yeah. So to start with, before we get into the actual advanced fire control thing, uh, this is a strict nerf to defenders because they don't stress themselves. So decreasing the difficulty of their turns isn't that big of a deal, and losing the 4K is a way bigger deal than adding the ability to th- to two turn or one turn. Yeah. Having I, the white uh, one and two hearts is yeah. is great off. It is good. But, it keeps them, yeah, it keeps them to be able to actually turn rather than do that 4K, because that's why they were pretty much limited to that 4K, right? Yeah. I guess I should say, if this were the end of the configuration and that's all it did, I could see you taking it sometimes, depending on your list. Like, if you were throwing a Defender in with a bunch of other Jousters, and they weren't going to want to cane turn much anyway, putting mm-hmm. this on there is nice so they can fly in formation. But then it has, uh, you replace full throttle with advanced fire control, which says after you perform a cannon or missile attack... If you have a lock on the defender, you may perform a bonus primary attack against the defender. It's like the old Tidy title. Yeah, yeah, but the Tidy title didn't require a target lock, right? It did not. No, it did not require a target lock. You just got to double tap all the time. Ion yeah. cannon, I mean, primary. Ion cannon, primary. Obviously, this is a different game than first edition because yeah. yeah. the first edition full throttle was negative point cost to defenders. Yeah. <laughs> um, either and way, not fully execute. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, it got changed to fully execute. But yeah. Um, either way, this is so much worse than full throttle. It just is. Um, mm-hmm. Even somebody like Vessery, who has the ability to pick up target locks passively, like in certain lists, without any problems. 
can't spend the target lock on his first attack in order to have the second attack. Like, yeah. it, two attacks sounds nice, but you're losing so much defensiveness on a base 68-point ship, like going up to 80-something for Vessery. 81 for Vessery. Mm-hmm. Like, so, like, an 81-point ship that doesn't get its free evade is, is just too expensive, like, flat one, out. One point of contention. Um, depending on how Vessery reads, will he not be able to... <laughs> Will he not be able to pick up the second target lock when he attacks because he uh, is attacking a ship that an ally has target locked? So he would be able to. You can't perform the second attack without the lock. Yeah, let's. uh, Oh, it's after you roll dice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what he's He'll get the special thing there. And so obviously, Uh, you can put fire control on defenders to get around this a little bit. Uh, But then again, if you're not Vessery picking up the lock for free, like this is your action on. So let's say if you take this on a Delta. It, like you, ha- you don't have to take a target lock action to be able to fire twice, which means you no longer have defensive tokens. And so instead of having focus evade for defense for your I one ship, you have zero defensive tokens for your I one ship. Mm-hmm. Like that delta is so much easier to kill before it shoots. Okay. Uh, someone also asked, "How does this configuration interact with Countess Riad?" And the answer is very poorly, because normally Riad can do one of those blue straight maneuvers and turn it into a white K turn. This still upgrades the difficulty of that K-turn, so it makes all your straight K-turns red. She just has red one through five K-turns now. Two through five, but yeah. Yeah, okay, that's five? even worse. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. so uh, in, in some discussion, the way the rules read, uh, Riad's ability increases the difficulty of the move, maneuver, and then the title, the configuration increases the difficulty of the maneuver, and the rules do specifically say increasing the difficulty twice works that way. So, yeah, this would be Yeah, I'm just curious, because Riyadh is worded, don't change the maneuver, but execute it as. Uh, And you are still executing that maneuver, so the difficulty of it, as everybody, uh, the judges, Diyun and others, are reading it, does seem to be saying that uh, Riyadh has a a bevy of red 2Ks, or multiple Ks available to her now. Either way, I don't think we're going to see any more of Riad because this has come out. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we haven't seen much of her as is. Riad's strength in first edition was push the limit, and that's yeah, not that's a thing true. anymore. Um, uh, defenders are strictly a min max ship in second edition. You're either bringing deltas or the high initiative ones, like the extra highest initiative ones, and pretty mm-hmm. much just deltas lately. Yeah, we're we're gonna get some uh, medium initiative three uh, ones there, but we don't know anything about them yet, so we're not going to go into those. Uh, what yeah, about the, the only thing we can touch on from the spoiled stuff is you can clearly read Vader's text. Uh, he has three force, but he can only spend force while performing attacks, and he can spend force to change blanks to hits, uh, which is right. uh, It's crazy. I mean, it's actually a really good restriction in order to even attempt to have Darth Vader and a defender in the game, because um, he loses a ton of flexibility with his defense and, like, obviously, no supernatural reflexes or anything like that. Um, Does it say multiple blanks into hits? No, just one. It's worded the exact same as Ray, so he'll be able yeah. to spend a force okay. for an eye and a force for okay. a blank like Ray can. But essentially yeah. this means he can do his fast maneuver, get focus evade, and essentially have full mods on offense and defense. Yep. Like right. It's technically half mods on offense, like you can only change one blank yeah. result. But Force and advanced optics is the math there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you will never ever put the config on Vader. 
Yeah, I mean, the idea behind it would be you could pick up the target lock, never have to spend it, and then you can just always double tap because he uses force for offense. But uh, well, like an I six ship that tractors you before primarying you, kind of thing. Yeah, um, but again, like, and again, if if the tie defender elite is negative points, that changes everything. Maybe it will be worth it in some situations. Uh, I don't think that'll happen. But uh, I also I don't, don't think, think it'll I'll happen it upon zero. release. Yeah, um, Volt Scarce is the other big guy we know. Um, he can take an action to gain a strain token to recover a charge. His charge is spent at the end phase of every turn. Uh, before he engages, he may spend one charge to perform an action. He's I-5. Um, basically, he's trading his action now for an action later. So a more flexible pass-through in exchange a for a strain. Yes, he does take a strain. One thing I just thought of, though, while we were talking earlier, is that he has access to advanced sensors. So we can advance sensors, do his action, clear the strain with the blue maneuver, that is true. Action. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Okay, uh, but then he can't. Then. But then he can't do the before you engage. Oh, that's true. Action. True. True. Yeah. Oh no, you can't. Advanced sensors only keeps you from taking other action during oh, the activation step. That's true. Oh, okay, you're correct. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, uh, so oh, I'm, that's an expensive combo, but it is something. Yeah. And, yeah. and Scaris is gonna. You're gonna four K behind lower initiative ships a lot, and if you're gonna take damage, like you just don't take the strain. You just do your action at I five normally and take your focus evade. Mm-hmm. Like, well, and like the big thing is against like Aces, this enables him to barrel roll or boost to get shots he wouldn't be able to otherwise. Indeed. And while you do take the strain, like focus of eight on two agility is you're, still gonna block you're two. A better T seventy still. Like, right, yeah. that's exactly what um, I was gonna say. Uh, a defender does not suffer as much from strain because you multiple strain even doesn't take you below two. So, well, it it suffers worse from it because the more tokened your green dice are, the better it is to have more. But they have seven health, so like yeah. Taking an extra damage to guarantee you get a shot is not a bad deal. Indeed. And, like, they're expensive. So you obviously don't want to take strain really nilly and take your 80, 90 point ship to the same tankiness as a T70 every turn. But, like, I think Volt Scarce can be really good with judicious use of his ability. Yeah. One of the things that people have been saying is that his ability is useless against lower initiatives because you'll just take your action anyway. So, I mean, yeah, but passive sensors was taken on Vader when it was two points, even though it was useless on literally everything except for other I sixes moving after him. Yeah, that was like, mostly just, just, just care it, about it. It's like Vader; it was bid insurance, and yeah, and this is what Volt Scarce is, but also I six insurance. Indeed. All right. Uh, so we also we talked about the Tie Defender Elite title. What about the uh, sorry configuration? That's completely going to kill me. Uh, the interceptor configuration, sensitive controls. This one, we have, uh, uh, so we were talking about this offline. Auto thrusters is possibly the best chassis ability in the game. You know, if your ship is built around it. If your ship is built around it, obviously. Uh, so it is, uh, you need it's to have Its biggest auto competition, by the way, is full throttle. Yeah. True. <laughs> the other does one not require ships to be built around it, besides having three-speed maneuvers. Yeah. So auto thrusters, uh, of course, that's the after you take an action, you can take a red barrel roller boost. It is currently only on the TIE Interceptor and the First Order TIE Silencer. Sensitive controls, this configuration requires auto thrusters, and it is standardized, so you can throw it on silencers. Replace your auto thrusters ship ability with the following. Sensitive controls. During the system phase, you may perform a red barrel roll or red boost action. So yeah, um, we talked about this a little bit with A-Wings, but this is really good on low initiative generics, and it gets... Well, okay. It's really good if you know you're moving before opponent ships. Like, you have a bunch of I-1s, and you brought a bid to guarantee you're moving yeah. first. Or if you're playing a casual game, and you're playing Kylo, and you know they're going to have all I-6 ships, then this is great. Um, 
but if you are moving after other ships, auto thrusters provides a lot more flexibility. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's a trade-off. I really like this card from a design standpoint. Um, it enables the ability to block and things like that way more uh, on low-initiative ships. So, um, Silencers. Yeah. I might be playing badly um, for Silencers, but I'm usually always stressed because I'm doing uh, like a reposition into like a focus or a target lock. Yeah, so it's similar to A-Wings where if you take this, you won't be stressed all the time because you can't auto thrusters. So. Because you can't, so you just choose not to. You just play yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and one thing about both of these configurations, actually all three, including the A-Wing, is we don't know if what pilots are coming that might interact with them really well as well. Very they, true. They very well could have built pilots who are designed to take these sensitive controls or the defender primary. But the fact that they're standardized means all copies of the ship have to have that. So list building is going to be interesting with these ships. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a good way to think about this is sensitive controls turns a silencer into an ADA in terms of how you fly it. Um, <laughs> an ADA with a lot more or I guess an it. interceptor to an ADA would be the That's perfect, the perfect analogy. analogy. Um, so like Soontier, you would rather have auto thrusters. Uh, but in Alpha, you would rather be an Ada, like that. That sort of of comparison. Like whenever you're moving last, the ability to double reposition after you've seen everything is just incredibly strong. Yep, can't be beat. All right. So here's our thought: What if you took it the other way? What if you had the Ada who has the initiative controls ability during system phase? You can do a purple barrel roller boost, and you had a configuration that says replace it with like intuitive thrusters, where after you take an action, you can take a purple you barrel roll. You get Aether Sprite. That's what yeah, an ether sprite is. I was gonna say, that's an ether sprite. <laughs> if you could take the Ada with the ether sprite ability, would that be a configuration that would break the game? I mean, uh, no I mean Aether sprites already broke the game, which was pretty significantly. Yeah, like you just have to look at how much Aether sprites have been nerfed. Uh, so you would see Anakin go way up in point. I mean, you probably see it scale based on initiative. It's it, the cost of that configuration. Yeah. Um, and taking on Anakin would be really, really expensive because it, yeah. it's it's incredibly strong to be able to double reposition with perfect knowledge. They would just. They just nerf Anakin again, and then nobody <laughs> yeah, would yeah, play the right Anakin or the Ada Anakin. Uh, and that was climbing open. Anakin's time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, one of the things I like about the design space for this is with these two configurations and intuitive controls, it makes me wonder if they're kind of testing out this idea of decide your action in the system phase before anybody's moved, or at least giving that option out there. Uh, I uh, don't like that. Being like, so I like these cards from a design standpoint. I don't want to see that become a commonplace thing, because if you get something like a cheap advanced sensors, but it takes place in the system phase, what that actually means is you just can't block ships anymore. Yeah, like it, it actually removes a very core element to the strategy of the game. Which is very interesting because uh, Gold Squadron had a uh, not Gold Squadron Fly Better had an interview with Max Brook, uh, former designer. And one of the things he had mentioned as a designer was that people complained the most to him about getting blocked, that it was the most frustrating thing in X-Wing. And it almost seems like the idea of system phase repositioning is a make sure I don't get blocked thing. Not That's not its only use. So obviously. to be clear, I like system phase repositioning. I don't like system phase regular actions. And yeah, I know Like he did say that he was surprised that people don't quit the game the first time they get blocked because it's <laughs> kind of a... Uh, like how it, it doesn't really make sense thematically and it's jarring but like once you actually start playing a lot of x-wing blocking is a core mechanic to a lot of lists and it's the main way that a lot of lists deal with aces for example yep yeah like swarms are unplayable against aces if blocking is not doable 
Oh, yeah. yeah. No. Like, I mean, that's the biggest problem with Aether Sprites when they were so big, was that you couldn't actually block them because they had force, so it didn't matter. Usually three. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, sad. And so if you're if you're looking at that, but like, so soon to your, even if you block him so he can't double reposition, he always has focus evade, because yeah. he evades and gets blocked and gets his, his focus. Like, that's not a fun game to play. No. It is not. <laughs> We were there back in first edition. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you block him, then he has Auto Thruster's Pell, but it doesn't matter. Oh, those days, those days. They were awful. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like, I, I think something like Sensitive Controls is really unique, uh, or is really good, because it's for a specific ship, and it's specifically repositions. Uh, and that's not to say I don't want to see any other system phase mechanics come in. I just, I don't want to see it I don't want to see it become commonplace. Yeah. Trade your action in the activation phase for your action in the system phase. It's not something we want to, to be the norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, admittedly, I, I'm intrigued by it as someone who has started to embrace the uh, initiative one, three attack die uh, you know, way of life. And uh, I've started liking flying interceptors again. Spoiler alert for later, I'll be doing that this weekend. But... Uh, yeah, the initiative one interceptors and silencers with this ability, the option to get blocks in there before anybody else does, it's definitely going to be a thing. So, uh, it's, which is the. It's really easy to trick people into being blocked by doing a system phase reposition as well. Um, like, people don't think about that when they're setting their dials. So, it's really easy to block people while using that yeah. early reposition. And there is also the get out of you know get out of potential blocks ability for it. I know a lot of times I've flown against Edas and my opponent has all right system phase. I'm going to barrel roll this way, and I'm like, oh, there goes my carefully calculated block. So it's going to be a possibility like that for Kylo now. Great. I mean, if Kylo doesn't take auto thrusters, I'm a happy boy. Yeah. <laughs> so here's here's the big thing with Kylo in particular. If you want to take sensitive controls, spend the points and take precog instead. Because precog happens before you activate, which means you're actually unblockable, <laughs> and you still have the option to use auto thrusters if you don't need it. Doesn't precog prevent you from taking extra actions, though? That it does. Yeah, so, but sensitive controls doesn't. If you no, it doesn't. It. But yeah. like, if if the reason you're taking sensitive controls is so that they can't block Kylo, like, oh yeah, definitely. take precog or supernatural. Like, obviously, is just the best of everything. If you're paying for points, pay supernatural. Yeah, but the point is, you can take one of those two and still get the benefits of auto thrusters. While getting the benefits of sensitive controls as well. Indeed. Mm-hmm. All right. So again, feel free yeah. to bring sensitive controls on soon tier. No one will complain. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there's a lot of different options. Like Greg said, the the fact that this takes a chassis ability that defines a ship and gives you another version of it is almost like, hey, we just published eight more defender cards now with a different ship ability. It's it's great. I love that idea. It it widens the options for list building so much while still presenting a challenge by making it standardized. Yeah, for sure. Right. So then moving along to the third faction that's getting one of these, the Fugitives and Collaborators Scum Pack. Uh, this one seemed... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm happy to get uh, another paint job on my Hawk. I love the Hawk. I've got seven of them in my uh, box now. So... This has had some, uh, probably, I don't want to say the, the internet has terrible takes, but I think I some do. people are Turn liking internet. these. <laughs> I think some people are liking these, especially the talents, more than they should. Uh, let's go into those. I mean, they're going to be low-cost talents. And well, it, it's scum talents, yeah. Tear Fun Belly Run is not a bad card. 
No, Tierfound Belly Run, I like. Uh, not only because uh, my boy uh, Jack Porkins was part of the Tierfound Yellow Aces. But... Not even anymore. Wes Jansen was also better. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm debating whether or not we're still friends. I'm just saying Wes Jansen is the best old canon Star Wars character, and no one can take that from me. Fine, fine. All right, the Tierfound Belly Run, it is a Y-Wing-only talent not limited to scum, so you can throw it in Rebel or Republic. Or presumably uh, Resistance in the future. Oh, heck, why not First Order Y-Wing? Sure. But it <laughs> says, you can perform special attacks even while at range zero of asteroids. While you defend, if you are at range zero of an obstacle, attack dice cannot be re-rolled. This Castle is just got hella tanky, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- that was my first thought. I'm gonna take cavil and gas clouds and just park on them all the time. Yeah. So uh, while I think this is not a bad card, like actually thinking about it from a list building perspective, I don't know when I'd actually spend points on this. I found that when building out lists with Y wings in them, you always have like one or two points left over. And this is only going to be a one-point talent, I'll bet. Well, yeah, but... It's not giving anything... The thing, the reason why I'm not thinking this is going to light the world on fire, that first ability, hardly ever going to matter because it's it's basically saying uh, you've always got Outer Rim Pioneer hanging out by you, and has anyone seriously ever brought the Outer Rim Pioneer? Yeah, I mean... The, I mean, the I am Outer Rim Pioneer Mining Guild Tie Swarm was huge. Yeah, also, like, there's a difference between having an Outer Rim Pioneer in your list and every ship having Outer Rim Pioneer's ability. I, saying, yeah, it gives like, it I actually think the first part is would see more use than the second part. Yeah. Like, here's the, the second here's part the... is only useful if you're on an obstacle and they have a target lock or passive rerolls. Like, you can't control that. Yeah. You can control the first half. But the other also, thing is... Sometimes it's the right maneuver to put yourself on a rock anyway. Yeah, like, and yeah, now you true. can still fire your eye on turret. Yeah, like, th- there's a lot of times, like... So it's Smittle's first Crossroads list where he had a, a Protorp Cavill. Um... Like, there could be times where he wants to set up a, a Proton Torpedo, but he'll be pointed at Rock, and so he wouldn't do it for that turn. Now, if you have Tierfon, you could do that, and then one forward onto the Rock and fire a second Proton Torpedo, stuff like that. Indeed. Okay. Or, or your turret. Yeah, you're not going to take uh, actions going onto an asteroid, because that's the rules. Well, but... yeah, but if you don't spend a target lock on the first one, is what Doug was referring to. Okay, I, all right, I can see that. That's true. Also, like, again, sometimes the best move to get a block is to put yourself on a rock, or to be best positionally. Paul Heaver hugely, famously did it at Worlds, where he put his TLT Y-Wing on a rock in order to get the best position for later in the game. Yeah. And now you can do that, and still fire your turret. Like, that's useful. Yeah, I mean, it's still niche-useful. and Agreed. But it is not without use. Yeah. So, so like you said, if you have a point or two left over, then this is probably fine to throw on a Y wing. But I don't think you you don't build a list around it. Yeah, you don't start lists with like Cavill with dorsal turret and tier font, and like that's your starting point. That being said, it's way better than cutthroat. So yeah, true. I also have mistyped this as tier font belly rub every single time I've tried to type it out, which just makes me think of Porkins even more. So. Uh, but you mentioned Cutthroat. Let's look at that other talent, a scum talent. Probably uh, shouldn't. <laughs> Doug, read it out and tell us why we shouldn't look at this. After another friendly ship at range 0-3 to three is destroyed, if that ship is limited or has the Cutthroat upgrade, you may remove one of your orange or red tokens or recover one non-recurring charge on your ship or one of your equipped upgrade cards. That's a lot of words. It's That's a good. lot of words. It's gotta be good. It has so many words. So... <laughs> It has the same limit- limitations that Dedicated has. 
Dedicated is a, is a card that has not seen much use. Dedicated also has very obvious and like easy to understand bonuses. <laughs> Dedicated should see more use for the. Rest yeah, of the I, I agree. Cutthroat <laughs> is only like so if you're ioned or tractor beamed or stressed or weapons or, disabled or locked or weapons. Yeah, or, or locked, locked. I guess locked is in okay, but like so the the orange or red part is like totally random. It's just a a coin flip whether that'll ever actually trigger. The second part is like you can build jank around it, which is fun. Like people uh, pointed out, you can bring a bunch of cutthroats with Teltravera and let Teltravera come back from the dead over and over and over again, which is hilarious, but it's not good. Joy Rickoff. True. Joy Rickoff can use their ability every turn. Yeah, okay. Yes. Nobody cared. Yeah, but (laughs) so the thing is, that's true. If you lose a ship every turn, that's the other thing. That's right. You're just bringing autopilot. I'm okay with with Cutthroat. So the the build we were going with when I was trying to figure out how could this be useful is Teltravera with R5 TK and a bunch of Dead Man Zs uh, that also have Cutthroat. (laughs) Why does everyone need to shoot their own ships? Why can't you just let the opponent shoot them? <laughs> That's what our five TK does, right? Let's you shoot yes. your own ships. Yeah. He's gonna let you shoot your own ships. Why not but bring yeah, the main bot and just do okay. it? Here's the, the other thing, though. Let's say you want to bring Z's with Cutthroat. That is a minimum of three points more than just bringing a binary pirate, which is already a bad ship, like relatively. You just bring a TIE and, fighter instead, or a SIG. Right, yeah. that's also my point. The fact that it has to be a limited ship, which in Scum is not... I, see, I don't think that's a big of a deal in Scum. That's not a big deal. is either running Pierce Worms or three limited Name. ships, usually. Yeah. That is, that's what Scum does. So that's not a huge limiter. Yeah. It's just not a particularly useful ability. You can yeah, do so... some weird stuff. Like, Boss can re-get his Greedo charge mid-turn to take extra crits. <laughs> or, like, could take Contraband back or something. Yeah, like... that's, that's a useful use. On yeah, so... yeah, doesn't Jabba already do that? Is there... Well, yeah, but Jabba's like 8 points, and this is presumably and, one. And, like, two okay, slots. Okay. and two crew slots. Yeah. Okay. So, unironically, you do put this on Tel Travera, as long as you're not running a bunch of other generics. Like, if mm-hmm. you're running Tel with a bunch of named pilots, throw it on there. Because, like, if you get to come back more than once, it was super worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think it's worth it taking it on anything else. Like, because yeah. the trigger has to be another friendly ship being destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. This is so, like our we we talked about this a lot. I don't know if we were podcasting when Partybot came out uh, for CIS. I think it was already out, uh, but we had a lot of conversations about whether Partybot was good or not. Uh, but which is the TA one seventy five? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's an eight ship droid swarm where it triggers constantly. Like yeah. scum and it's, bread and butter and is like four ship lists. Yeah. Like this, it's just not a good card. There might be use. We're not saying it's. We're not saying it's not possible, but it's probably not. I mean, it fun. feels scummy, and that's It cool. definitely feels scummy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not fun... every card needs to be competitively viable. No. no. A fun thing we were talking about, uh, Greg, you were mentioning that one of your local stores was doing a tournament format where you could bring a duplicate of any one unique pilot or upgrade. Yeah. And the idea of two Teltraveras with cutthroat. With cutthroat. <laughs> oh, man. Every time yeah. one Teltravera dies, the other one comes back. <laughs> I'm just gonna win at times. Conveniently, this does say another friendly ship, so Teltravera can't trigger it off of blowing himself up. Yeah, you have to kill each of them altern- alternately. Yeah, the other one. So, if you have two Teltraveras with Dead Man's Switch, and they're both on one hall next to each other with Cutthroat, do you put the game in an infinite loop? Does anybody hear it? No. Like, that sounded like a... <laughs> if a tree falls in the woods, does anybody hear it? Yeah. <laughs> 
but the other thing we did see from uh, the scum is an actual I3. Uh, Greg was literally just saying, why don't we see Y-wings with bomber abilities? Hey, Greg, we got one. Yeah. Uh, it worked. Patrick, the napkin bomber, uh, which is a reference to the napkin bombing from the Bloodline novel. I'm pretty sure he just likes to blow up tableware. <laughs> uh, and his ability, after a friendly device that you have locked detonates, <laughs> each enemy ship at range zero to one of that device gains one strain token. It, I did not initially read that. If this you, would be a decent ability if the word locked wasn't there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, to be fair, so like, like, just... Just to be fair, <laughs> let's say you drop like a proton bomb or something, and you know for a fact it's going to hit an enemy ship. Taking yeah, you your action to lock target it. lock that bomb is not the worst call. Perfect. You can even lock yeah. bombs that other ships have dropped as well. Yeah, like so. Any which and Scum has like lot. You can just make bomber lists. A great many with, like bombs. Nim and Soul Sixa and Emon and all sorts of stuff. Like right. And uh, I'm I'm not saying it's a good ability. It's better than Cutthroat though. I mean. Yeah. Sure, but what is it? Is, yeah, I actually like it with uh, thermal detonators, and you give Patrick the R three uh, droid. So thermal detonators, that's, that's which getting real janky. Yeah, you can Ooh, but you can strain is, things with. But thermal detonators already give strain. Multiple strain isn't super useful. Yeah, I think the big thing is like, so like actually, uh, oh, it's zero to one of that device. So it doesn't work with seismic charges very well. Mm -hmm. Like something like a proton bomb or a concussion bomb. Yeah, or concu concussion mine. bomb also. Things that are going to really just penalize. So mines you. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Do you just pretty much turn every bomb into like a thermal debt? Yeah, you something? add a th the guaranteed strain to any bomb you have. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think he's an amazing card. I do think if you're running a bombing list, he's a fine addition to it. Yeah. Yeah. Gun bombs could be a thing. But also, it's just the, the fact that we're getting named. Scum Y-Wing pilots that are not from galaxies. Uh, that was one of the problems with 1.0 is that the for Scum, you only had galaxies really to draw from. Yeah, and like they ships. had some other directions they could have gone, like the Talon Card organization with Z95s, but they chose mm -hmm. to go the other way. Yeah, but, but now we've got in canon a lot of third-party individuals from some of the canonical novels that we're seeing uh, show up in uh, some of this you know, sorry, some of these new packs. Uh, a lot of the name pilots that we're going to get from the Y-Wings are from the Bloodline novel. Well, uh, and the rest of them are from Battlefront 2. Mm -hmm. So I really like the the expanded canon working its way in. It's not it's not not as broad yet as the old EU was, but the old EU had like 15 plus years of stuff to draw from. Uh so and the, the old EU was the only thing that existed for the thirty years or the twenty years between Return of the Jedi and yeah, the other movie Phantom Menace. Well, technically, the EU started before Return of the Jedi. Oh yeah, I'm I just saying the only the only thing that existed Star Wars between Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace was EU. So it yeah. had a long time to get built up. Um, unlike now, where we have TV shows every week, and I love it. Mm -hmm. I just thought of something. So oh. you have named Y wing pilots, right? Yeah. So it's, you're saying that's nice. So what if you put Cutthroat on these named Y-Wing pilots, and then you had bomb charges that don't regenerate? Uh, you still can't oh, get those back. Oh, you can't. Damn it. Yeah, because, yeah, uh, that, that was the first thing I thought of. It's like, can I reload Prox Mines with Cutthroat? No. no. Okay, my bad. Because cannot supersedes can. Yep. 
All right. It's uh, a good try, Greg. Though. Yeah, it, no, that, that was exactly what I thought of. I saw that cutthroat, and immediately I went to, can I run, how many prox mines can I put on a table now? Right. All I have to do is kill a sh kill my own ships to reload prox. <laughs> I, was thinking, but, I was looking at it. I was looking at this guy, and I was like, oh, low initiative. He's uh, he's think named. about how annoying it is to die. hit a prox mine, and then you take two to three damage, and you're strained. <laughs> yes. Uh, Ooh, that, although it's yeah. actually not great with prox mines because most prox mines get dropped directly onto people, and you don't have a chance to lock it. But true, true. Cluster true. mine. But you you could set up some. You could, yeah. Some, uh, yeah. I think Ooh, regular bombs would probably be its best use. Uh, each each one of those tokens is its own device. Its own device, but I guess with R three, yep. Okay, we're just thinking of jank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sure. Oh, oh <laughs> Patrick is only good. This guy is only going to be in jank tank lists. For the foreseeable future, until, it, like I said, if you're building a Nim Iman or a Nim Sixalist, yeah, fits in. Might be a I, took, I bet I somebody a cool makes a cut somewhere with Patrick Nim Iman or something. Like, like I that. took a Nim Cetric list to uh, the very Corellia. first Corellia, yeah, and like obviously Gory was the third ship, but Zuvio also was another <laughs> perfectly great bombing ship to fit in there as well. Mm -hmm. You have an extra bomb ship, like yeah, he might he might be in that nice little that spot that point spot where you could throw him into lists. And, yeah. and kind of make that fun. There, yeah. there are some people who've been using Goji in that way for Republic. The idea of yeah, if you're sure. going to bring a Y wing, why not Goji? Because yeah. probably exists. Well, yeah. also Goji is the same cost as the generic. Right, that's what I'm saying. The main so thing. If, if uh, which seeing... this guy's I three, which means he'll be a little bit more expensive. But if he's like so a hired gun, the I two is thirty two points. If he's only thirty three points, then like I presumably yeah. he'll have yeah. talent. Yeah, we are also getting two new uh, different generic pilots for the Y wing in this. So. That's uh. Were you able actually to see the German spread, or how do you know that? Uh, the someone found the the list of all the cards. Uh, you know how they always have. Here's all the cards in this pack. You said two new generics. I believe so. Yeah, two new generics. Yeah, uh, the, how they're going to do that? Like you already have. In the... Yeah, you already it, have it, twos and threes, right? Yeah, yeah it's ones and, ones and twos. twos. Ones, ones and twos. twos. Threes and fours, maybe. It could be or... two with a talent and three, or three and four, or one with a talent and three. Interesting. Like, uh, it cool also too. could, in theory, be like it could be another I two, but it has an ability, but it's got the pips. True. Yeah, oh, that'd be the, cool. The, yeah, I, the, I was gonna say using that because right now we've only seen that functionality in Separatist. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, that'd be super neat if they brought that over to other factions. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, no, no, not not just Separatist. Sorry, we see it in uh, Republic as well with the handmaidens. Yeah, but yeah, like Ooh, so. That's true. That's true. They, they could have some like I don't know, like torp or turret or bomb centric Y wing that has three pips. He can only bring three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excuse me, yeah. that was professional right there. <laughs> <laughs> Quality podcasting. Oh yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, and like so, the other name pilots that we know of are in the Y wings are Lima Kai, who is a character in Battlefront, and Arlie's Hadrassian, which is just a cool name. Yeah, Hadrassian is... is a great name. She's yeah, from Bloodlines she, as well. Yeah, she's from Bloodlines and uh, is kind of a uh, uh, pivotal character. Uh, but she leads up independent paramilitary organization. Yeah. Hence scum. Yeah, exactly. And uh, for all of you who, if you have not read uh, Bloodline by Claudia Gray, incredible novel. Yeah, it's actually on my list. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we are thus far hyped. Uh, even more so for the upcoming articles that are going to come out with some of these things that have been spoiled. We want to hear more about... I want to know if Kanan, if the Hawk is going to get a new title like The Escape, even though Kanan's ship is technically not a Hawk. It's close-ish, <laughs> and it's, they might want to just integrate it instead of adding a new ship. Yeah, all of the uh, name pilots other than Kanan for the Hawk 
are of the same species. Yep. The Kalarans. Kalarans, they're, yeah. They're from the, the early Canaan comics. Yep. Comics. Also very good. So It'd be cool if they had a cheaper title that wasn't as good, obviously. Like, stacking focuses is just awesome. But, yeah, if they had, like, a, a, a cheaper title, it'd be great. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're going to see some real interesting things. Uh, probably the ti- you know, a title that oh. could add elicits to the Hawk or... One thing I just thought of is these new sequel era Y-Wings and stuff. They're from Bloodlines takes place about six years before Force Awakens. So they might have tech slots too. Oh. Oh, that is interesting. I hadn't thought of that. So why? Hmm. Oh, I'm just coming up with the idea of, you know, uh, automated target priority and turrets. Or pattern analyzer with their crappy dials. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, cool. Okay, okay. Uh, as if to confirm that, in that list of cards, there are three tech slots, upgrade cards. Uh-huh, Shante. Nice. Where, where'd you find that list of cards, though? In the Gold Squadron Discord. Ah. Yeah. So this could be uh, some new, something other than the quad jumper that gets tech for scope. Ooh. So it's Y-Wing. So theoretically, you could have a calculate land on a rock, still shoot with your calculate? True. As long as he's a special attack. Yeah. All right. I like that. Well, again, we're really hyped for this. We're really hyped for what's still going to come out about these. Uh, You know, everybody's going to want to know everything about how much is Vader and the Defender going to cost. We'll we'll burn that bridge when we get there. That it. Okay, over under on the cost of Vader in the Defender being the hot button issue for the first half of 2021. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I don't know. Not like as much flack as people give FFG, they actually usually price stuff relatively close to correct. I don't think it'll be anything crazy broken. Oh, it might be really expensive, but yeah, more or less than Boba. It, more, more than Boba. It okay. would be nice if they started on the high side and lowered it down. Even yeah, they for sure. Like, uh, they don't have a good history with lowering appropriately. Right. So, <laughs> Vessery is 81 and is I4, and Vader has arguably just a better ability than Vessery. Like, I mean, he just does. Who's if you don't use force on offense. Um, I mean, they're both offensive-based abilities is the argument. But yeah. anyway, like, Vessery is 81, Boba is like 85, so there's no way Vader doesn't cost more than that. Good point, yeah. good point. Three force, at least, is... And two initiative. And two half your list. That's kind of appropriate. Like, I mean, if he's half your list, like, I'd be okay with him being good. I don't know. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Can't argue with that. All right. Just block him and kill him. (laughs) Advanced sensors. (laughs) Yeah. God. Uh, He he better not have a the sensor, sensor slot. slot. If he does, yeah. his number better start, or better have three digits. Yeah, better start with a one and end with two more digits afterwards. Weren't, uh, weren't Han and Dash uh, 100 points when... Dash was. Dash, Dash was, was yeah. either 100 or 98 or something like that, yeah. I think Han Dash was really high, but he didn't make it. Yeah, didn't quite crack 100, but yeah, that was kind of ridiculous at the start. Alright, well, moving on from the squadron packs, we do have... Uh, Stuff coming up this weekend. We're going to be playing some X-Wing in the GSP Flightcast Sigma Qualifier Hyperspace Tournament this weekend. Uh, Doug and I are already signed up. Alex, Greg, are you uh, jumping on that? Probably. Like I, I, I'm planning to, but 
I also can't wait to decide to the last minute because I've already made the ace qualifier. That is true. I mean, get your get your practice in. That's what I'm saying, but I, I just don't have to decide to the last minute. That's true. Greg, what about you? No, I got to be out. So it's unfortunate. Uh, I wanted to do it so bad, just not gonna work out. Uh, you're Sad. scheduling, man. I gotta tell you. So, uh, Alex, if uh, if you decide to jump in on it, what are you gonna be flying? I mean, they're going to be flying the exact same list I flew in the Alpha, but having to drop my clutch jamming beam, or I'll just mess around with like Fenteric Bosk. Man, how happy are you that you get to fly Bosk again? I mean, you didn't touch Bosk for pretty much like the first year and a half of uh, Second Edition. Now, now he costs sixty points. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, also, like I said, I've been flying a lot of... I haven't been flying my favorite stuff from a big chicken second mission is an effort to branch out. Also, I've been mad at Fen for a long time still. Um, but, like, yeah, Bosk is fine. I uh, There's all these shenanigans and, like, Zam is good, so why not try it? But, again, like, that's just messing around, and I'm not sure I want to spend six rounds messing around or spend six rounds playing a swarm so I can build up that uh, endurance as well. Not a bad I'll probably call. decide the morning of. Or the night I know at least one game you weren't mad at. So. I was not mad at Fend that game. That's true, Greg. I uh Lauders. <laughs> he did really well. He he <laughs> got what, like five five dice shots off and max hit every one of them? He did. Oh, he, it he was went twenty five for Yeah. And then you re rolled. And I predatored one into another hit. <laughs> into a hit. It was it was just a massacre. It was a slaughter. Wait, the predator? Side. Yeah, Fearless is in hyperspace legal. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Which is what this tournament is as well. Indeed. All right. Yeah, for reference, I was flying Fen with Predator, Tarak with Predator Hull Upgrade, and Bosk with Zam, and that's 200. Um, what I do is I do a drop Tarak's Hull Upgrade and put Contraband on Bosk and have a four-point bid. Bosk also had Greedo as well. But. Fair, fair. Well, uh, again, I've also ace qualified, but I already bought my ticket for this, so I'm playing whether I want to or not. Uh, I had a couple ideas up in the air, but after you guys gave me some feedback, I'm going to stick with the Imperial list that I've been flying for hyperspace, which is Major Vermeil carrying Emperor Palpatine, and four Saber Squadron Aces. It's 200 points. It's five ships at Initiative 4. It is really, really efficient. So... Yeah, uh, so, like, that's a jousting list that I think could reliably beat Swarms, because it's very high offense and very high initiative. Indeed. And then you still have five ships on the board to corral aces. And it's hyperspace, so there aren't any, like, like Kylo is the only true ace mm-hmm. in terms of double repositioning shenanigans. Um, yeah. I, I think that's a really strong list in the meta. Yeah. The only thing I really don't want to see with that list as much is Republic aces, because they are going to have the initiative over me for most of their uh, ships, and just maybe not by the numbers, but from my experience, they are the hardest thing in the world for me to kill. You slaughtered me when I brought Republic cases against you against that list, to be fair. Yeah, but I, I, I chalked that up against you were having a tired day, so... Yeah. It, it, it still it, happened. Like, it's it's not Aether Sprites, it's only Adas, which are going to have really low damage output against that list. Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Aether Sprites being limited to the Jedi Knight really makes me feel a lot better, because I'm not scared of Initiative 3 with this list. So, all right, for sure. Uh, I think it's a good list. And on your end, Doug, what are you looking to bring? Uh, Republic cases. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm currently looking at uh, Ada Wan with Predator, uh, a fat Anakid with like Protorps, passive sensors, R2, and then two of the generic arcs, which is like 195 or something like that. Uh, I might check it out and just run a Torrent Swarm because that's easier, but we'll see. Part of me hates you for running at a Anakin, but then you're running at Obi Wan. And oh, oh, okay, at Obi Wan. You Ed said Anakin. Torrent Swarm. Yeah, the it'd be Warthog and five or not Torrents. I'm sorry, V Wings. Okay, I was okay. confused. <laughs> I, I I was all on board for this sudden you know, Doug Torrent Swarm idea. Yeah, I'm Whoa. just gonna run a named Torrent Swarm. Easy. <laughs> yeah, oh it's gosh. all about that Tucker. <laughs> you know, I had thought about that since uh, you know I've already got the Ace invite. What if I just brought like the most janky? Take like what's the worst? What faction do you fit the most bad hyperspace ships in, and then see how far I could get with it? You know, either that or build like what is the most stream bait list out there? You know, what what are they going to have that Dion's going to look at and go, "Oh, I have to put that on stream. It's so ridiculous." But no, I think I'm going to probably use this as uh, uh, practice mostly. So. So yeah, I just uh, I fun fun fact I finally found the list of the German stuff for scum and I I Google translated it. Um, the, in German, target locks are target acquisition tokens, and dials are wheels. <laughs> <laughs> Calculation right. markers one exhaustion token, <laughs> two noise markers. That's, um, noise. I was, <laughs> that's cool. Thank so what's a noise speed. marker? I have to assume a noise marker is a token of some sort. <laughs> Interesting. You've been told. Yeah, I don't know. But I was like, I'm looking it up so I can read all the names of the... Pilots. All I can think of is that, you know, stress tokens are just, Achtung! Because <laughs> 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 we got the exclamation point on them. Uh, the other hyperspace list I'd been looking at, which I actually flew in our uh, local league, was Rose with Hondo, Finn with C-3PO, and five... Uh, of the generic fireballs, two of them with thread tracers. You play that against me in the league, right? Yeah, I played that against you, and I played it against Mike. I believe I lost against you, and I won against Mike. But that is a fun list. If uh, if you think Farmer's Fireballs was a good list, well, you have a head injury. But so do, do people think that? <laughs> it's a I'm fun list. Know. It's a fun list, but this actually makes it, like, offensively, you know, consistent, if not high damage. Because you've Tracers got take every two two attack dice swarm. Yeah, two attack dice swarms are just ridiculous with this, and it also is really if you fly it casually, uh, casually, carefully, and keep Rose and Finn in the back of the group, it makes target priority really confusing for your opponent. So it's a uh, it's fun, but I don't think it has the oomph to make it far in a tournament. Uh, it might, but uh, it'll be at the hands of someone other than me if they decide to run it. I think the problem with it is all of your offense is dependent on the tracers. Unlike something like the Six Swarm, which still has cannons and stuff like that to work around. Um, like, if you miss a tracer missile, you just lose a ton of offense that turn. And that opening engage can be really, really important for a list like that. That is very true also. Oh, snap, guys. The Scum Pack's coming with two Mark Sobble encirclements. <laughs> <laughs> and one shot in the back. It's it's a German translation that's not yeah. perfect. Yeah, I just I I'm just shot in the back. Tickled. Like language is neat. 
Yeah, that's uh, fun. I want to use those cards. Like, that's I know. Fun. At one point, there was a big market for people trading foreign language cards. Oh, magic, yeah. especially damage decks. Like you can get a damage deck each card a different language. Also, red ace for tender. Yeah. <laughs> Ass rot is what it was. <laughs> rot specifically. Uh, at Worlds 2018, my last round when One I was Django of fat. Sorry, I just got there. <laughs> my last round at Worlds that year was against a, uh, a Polish fellow who we were both out of the cut, and he was playing, and all he had were his Polish language cards, and I knew what all the cards were because you know. Omicron Grupo Pilote is pretty easy to figure out what it is. But the damage deck was hilarious as I'm trying to guess what all the cards are in Polish. One of the languages I do not actually speak. And that was probably some of the most fun I'd ever had playing a game that just didn't matter. Was dealing a crit and going, oh, what in the world is that? That's a lot of consonants. So... Yeah, foreign language cards, uh, I actually had an entire set of uh, uh, Japanese cards for one of the Magic expansions because that was a big thing for collecting and trading. And that actually helped me uh, buy a used car when I first moved out here all those years ago. Uh, but we, we, we have gone way off the rails on that <laughs> one. Uh, so, yeah, three of us will be in the Sigma Qualifier this weekend. And if we come up against you... Uh, Doug will do his best to defeat you, and Alex and I will do our best to have fun. I mean, I still want to like, I, I still now I know have the, fun. Now I know there's a cut. I intend to make the cut and play it at this time. <laughs> so. True. Yeah, you... Uh, no, that's right. You you not making the cut didn't affect my uh, pairing at all. Indeed. But, yeah, I was actually under you in MOV because I... Uh, yeah, because I, I I had thought about it. I'm like, wait a minute. If Alex deciding not to play on Sunday meant I got a different opponent, should I be mad at him because I lost in the first round of the cut? No, I would have had the same opponent the other way. So, also, uh, that's just bad luck. Cuts are crapshoots. Yeah, yeah, are. but but if I can blame it on you, I'm I, I feel better. That's fair. well. I've now played my father in two. Late round game, so I'm expecting us both to make the cut and then play each other in round one of the cut. Have you ever had to be, play your dad in the cut? No, I don't think so. Uh, but we've played in, if you include these two last two Gold Squadron tournaments, uh, we also played at uh, Hoth at Adepticon, a system open where we were both uh, one playing for, for elimination. elimination. Yeah. elimination game so we've played five. in three elimination games, which is at all at 200 plus tournaments. Oh, you're talking. So oh, you're talking about uh, Hoth System Open first edition, the very first one. Yeah, first. Edition. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I was like, wait, Bob didn't go to Adepticon with us. No, yeah, oh, first edition. Yeah. But that's still three times in very large tournaments that's happened, which is unfortunate. Yeah, that that is a weird, you know, kind of synchronicity you guys have that you are always going to have it's, that father. It's my father. Edition. My father hits people he knows in yeah, tournaments like, with astounding Bob. frequency. I've played Bob in multiple large tournaments, too. It's just he always hits somebody he knows. I'll go eight, six rounds and then a full cut without playing anyone I know. It's rare now that I know a lot more people. Yeah. But, yeah um, playing playing during lockdown has, you know, in all these different tournaments and leagues I've done, I've got to know a couple people, and uh, I used to joke that in first edition, Carson Ray was my nemesis. Now it's got to be Kenneth Lyon, because uh, Kenneth, I do believe, uh, I hope you're listening to this, nothing personal, but he has knocked me out of contention in so many leagues and tournaments now. Uh, I'm going to have to get one over on him one of these days. 
but yeah, that's uh, that's this weekend, and we will hopefully see much of you there. Before we close, does anyone have any shout-outs that we want to give? My you father, Bob Howe. Nice. There you go. I'm not going to see him this weekend. <laughs> is is Bob going to be playing this weekend? I believe so. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, because I'm going to have to play him. So <laughs> he has to be playing if I'm going to play him. So that's true. true. Uh, shout out again to everybody playing in our local league. We are wrapping up our seven weeks of uh, league play this Friday. So this weekend, while we're all playing in the uh, Sigma qualifier, we will hopefully be starting the cut of the Von Gregg Open. Uh, I think uh, I think I've probably made it into the cut. I'm pretty sure Greg did as well. So that's gonna be um, fun. Probably. <laughs> I'm trying to make up some MOV. <laughs> Alex. Sorry, buddy. Sorry, buddy. Alex. <laughs> <laughs> On the bright side, you helped me make up a significant amount of MOV. <laughs> I'm sad about that and happy about it at the same time. I was I was in a bad spot, and then uh, you and Mike helped me out quite a bit. I'd yeah. say it's terrible that we're cannibalizing each other, but we also comprise fifty percent of the league. That's true too. True. <laughs> we say league; it's an eight-man tournament, but it's yeah, it's eight-man round robin. But yeah, I, uh, so I I won my first game against Blake, and I've got one more play against him, and then Doug and I got to somehow find time for John, who has a very busy schedule, to play both yeah. of us. Yeah, uh, you know, I wonder if you guys set up a uh, a table in like the little lobby area of Game Cafe and treat it like an airlock. <laughs> Where you guys just come in and out and never have to con contact each other? I mean, what I've been trying to get going is we just both play in the same TTS room, <laughs> one on each mat, and then we just pause the timer while John's taking his turn on the other table. Like one of those old men playing chess in the park? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's, yeah. You could do that. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's been us for this week. Uh, stay safe, everybody. It is colder than Hoth out there. And uh, one more thing. Hey, we broke like teens today so. yeah we we got double digit temperatures we... in the positive for a while so awesome. good for us so for tashi station radio i'm matt i'm doug i'm alex and i'm greg and greg. we'll see you this weekend at sigma scum 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 scum, scum. patrick scum. patrick patrick i mean i'm mostly sharing for Cayman. <laughs> hey everyone thanks for listening to this episode of tashi station radio be sure to give us a thumbs up and subscribe. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Music, Spotify, and Amazon Podcasts. Follow us on our social media on Facebook at Tashi Station Radio, an X-Wing podcast. On Twitter at Tashi Station XW. On Twitch at Tashi Station X-Wing. And on YouTube at Tashi Station X-Wing. If you want to help us offset our hosting costs, you can go to co-fi.com slash X-Wing and toss us a few credits to help keep the hubs off our back. Stay safe, fly well, and we'll see you next episode.